0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Do You Agree, the sports talk show today, season four, episode four. As always, I'm your host, Colin Spiker, alongside Jason Hoffman. It's a new year, 2021, and it's been a long time since we've talked to you guys. And I think I can speak for both of us, Jace. We are glad to be back.
1: Oh, Spike, as always, um, just just super excited to be back here. It's been since October since we put out some content, and a lot of stuff has transpired within the sports world since then. So I'm excited to just be back, break it all down, and uh, kick off 2021
0: to, uh, to a hell of a start. So let's do it, baby. Yeah, 2020 was... It's been a long time since we talked to you guys as the year wrapped up and we're on to a new one. Uh, and you know, we've missed talking to you guys, so it's great to have some content to give you guys once again, and hopefully we can stick to a good schedule. But let's start off earlier this week the College Football National Championship. Alabama, the Tide, defeated Ohio State 52 24. Nick Saban cementing his legacy as the only college football head coach to win seven national championships.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing, Spike, because every year, just with the programs that they are, it always seems like, who's it going to be, Bama or Clemson, all right? This year, uh, it was no contest. It was, you know, pretty clear cut that Alabama was the number one team in the country. And they would be that number one team throughout the entirety of the season. Um, And it's mainly based on one guy. And that one guy, Mr. Devontae Smith, your Heisman Trophy, Bolitnikoff Most Outstanding Receiver of the Year, Maxwell College Football Player of the Year, SEC Offensive Player of the Year Awards, posting a season stat line of 105 receptions for 1,641 yards, accompanied with 20 touchdowns in the National Championship game in the first half puts up the best ever receiver stat line in a national championship game with 12 receptions, 215 yards and 3 touchdowns. This guy is special and I'll tell you what Spike, you're going to see him early and often on Sundays. This guy is was pretty much, you know, why this tied team, especially this year, kind of was able to overcome the obstacles of 2020. Every every team had to go through their own battles in maintaining the season and being able to play with COVID still lingering throughout the entirety of the year. And this guy was that spark for them. Um, and I just can't wait to see what the future holds for this young man um, going into going into you know. NFL and draft talks and whatnot, you always have your analysts giving comparisons to certain players, right? And originally, uh, earlier on in this year, he kind of reminded me of a Tyler Lockett type of player, you know, a small, skinny, great route running receiver um, that would have just such a knack of getting open, right? This guy, I think now, after we've seen him in the postseason, we've seen what he, what he was able to put together in that national championship game in just one half, I, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but my NFL comparison for Mr. Devontae Smith is none other than Antonio Brown in his prime. And the, we, the reason I say this is Tyler Lockett, right, he is one of the most underrated players, I think, in all of the National Football League. But he's not a guy that you think every time he touches the ball, he's housing it. Antonio Brown, however, was that guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers for years and years and years. That any time he had that ball in his hands, you were thinking this guy is taking it to the crib for six. Devonte Smith is that same guy he's a return man he's a receiver he's a leader he does it all and you know yes Antonio Brown has had his downfall and issues and whatnot but he's still one of the greatest receivers that this league has ever seen and I'm just really excited to see what uh, what Devonte Smith has in
0: store for his future. His route running, his athleticism, especially for his size, is uh, incredible. Um, I mean, there was a really cool graphic the other day I saw that uh, it said, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner doesn't have to be great size. You have people like Derrick Henry who won it, and now you have Devonta Smith. So I think that is something that, you know, little kids can look up to and realize, hey, you don't got to be the biggest player on the team. To go down in history is one of the best. Absolutely. Baker Mayfield being another great example. So, so another thing that is pretty interesting between this 2020 Alabama offense is a comparison with the 2019 LSU Tigers. This tied offense scored 48.5 points per game, while the Tigers back in 2019 with Joe Burrow scored 48.4 points per game. So this would be a pretty amazing matchup if we saw these two teams go head to head.
1: Yeah, and it's it's pretty remarkable because all throughout last season and especially culminating with a national championship win over and Trevor Lawrence, everybody, you know, pretty much had that same type of feel that this is arguably the best college football offense we have ever seen. And then for Alabama to come back this year and do what they have done with that offense, I mean it's not just Devontae Smith, it's Mac Jones, it's Najee Harris. I mean, these guys are are electrifying, and this, you know might have just been as good if not even better of an offense that we see that we saw last season with Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers. So, you know, kudos to to Alabama, you know, another national championship. Nick Saban, whether you like him or not, is, you know, probably the greatest and, or, excuse me, college football coach that we have ever seen um, and ha- just has such a knack for willing a program through a season with how much that these players, especially in 2020, have had to endure to, to earn themselves the title of national championship. So, uh, so kudos to you. Um, and uh, now we will uh, we'll turn it over. To a more pressing
0: topic um, in the NBA, so Spike, you wanna you wanna fill us in? Obviously, we had some pretty breaking news in the NBA that shook not just the league but a lot of sports fans across the globe. James Harden got traded, got his way out of Houston, and now is in Brooklyn with the Nets. A full trade details: the Houston Rockets get Oladipo, Exum, Kukouks, four first round picks, three from Brooklyn, one from Milwaukee via Cleveland and four first-round swaps with Brooklyn. The Pacers get Karis Levert and a second-rounder. The Cavs, Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. And the Nets, they get their number three guy, James Harden, who's making a whopping $170 million on a four-year deal.
1: Yeah, you know, this... uh... This was the blockbuster trade of the year thus far, um, needless to say. You know, big game James. Uh, he still certainly, in my opinion, has a couple years left in the tank of his prime. And, uh, you know, this, this is interesting. I, I got to say, this is, this is very interesting when you break it down on paper and look at just how much the Nets gave away to make this happen. And... With that being said, I just want to bring up a little interesting point here. By the time 2027 hits, which is when all of those first-round picks will have been executed, right? by the time 2027 comes around, Kevin Durant will be 39 years old. Kyrie Irving will be 35 years old. And James Harden will be 38 years old what i am trying to say and what i'm trying to get at here is the nets have to win now there is no question about it if there is not a championship delivered to brooklyn within the next 2 years this trade is a bust all right because these guys they're not they're not young they're they're you know solidified veterans in this league and with how many first round picks that you gave up as the Brooklyn Nets for years to come you have no option but to make this work it and it's got to work now so there's a lot of pressure right now on on Steve Nash to get that job done and you know let's let's hope he can do it because if not i think this, next org- this Nets organization is gonna look like fools, and they might, you know, re- have to recede back to that rebranding and be those same Nets that we've known for the previous X amount of years. Um, so, when you go on the flip side of that to Houston, right? They enter this sort of rebranding now with John Wall. John Wall has stepped into the scene this year and has been playing out of his mind. And with all of these first round picks that they got, four of them within the, within the following consecutive years, they got a lot of, of things to be excited about now. Um, and you know what? I don't know who won the trade. I really can't say who won the trade. We will have to make that call by the end of this season, right? But bottom line is, Brooklyn, it's championship or bust. You you got to figure this thing out. You got three huge su- marquee superstars in
0: this league. It's time to figure it out, fellas. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jace. I don't know if you can figure out who won this trade, but I can say that... Every team got what they wanted. Uh, You know, the the Nets got James Harden. They've been chasing him since the offseason. And Rockets, you know, they bring in Oladipo, who is on the last year of his deal, so the Rockets could potentially make a move in free agency next year. The Pacers get Karis LeVert, who I've seen in my mind is he can be your number one or number two guy consistently on a typical team. He's a ball player. And the Cavs, they get Jared Allen for – an incredible price. And don't forget, he's only 22 years old and he has shown potential. So I think all teams do get what they need. Um, but overall, I think the Nets lose this trade. They gave up and they gave up incredible, their incredible. They did. And with, with all three of James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the same locker room, I don't know how well that's going to go. And that's something we can talk about, but something, a cool fact um Over the past two years, you know, we've seen the Thunder break it down and trade for picks, and Houston kind of did the same thing as you saw their asking price. So the Thunder, uh, until 2027, have 16 first round picks. The Rockets now have 13 first round picks, and that is just absolutely mind blowing when you see what those picks could potentially do for a team. And their entire franchise. Exactly. All you need to
1: land is one or two of those picks, and you have a championship. It's, you know, they set themselves up for future success you know they have the they have the the long-term goal and vision in mind here and and I respect that because you know what James Harden in Houston was pretty much given everything he've he's ever asked for he's gotten his money he's gotten a great coach in D'Antoni that has been able to work with him and mold around his play style right He's gotten those superstars. He's brought, he's, you know, had Chris Paul along his side, and then following with Russell Westbrook. But he's never gotten it done. He he has never had that. He's never even, you know, I don't want to. It's tough. It's tough. Um, but personally, if you know the way I see it, that long-term rebranding with a great piece with John Wall. I I would like to agree with you here. I think the
0: Rockets won this trade. And we're talking future, but we got to talk now, Jace. Will the Nets win the 2021 NBA title?
1: I, uh, I'm gonna go with no. I, you know, there's a lot of hype right now, and as I said, three marquee superstars in this league are all on this squad. All right, but. I want to remind you of the Heat, the big three, Mr. LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, right? That first year that they formed that super team in 2011, they did not win that NBA Finals. They lost to the Dallas Mavericks, who was, you know, clearly a worse team, but it takes time to develop this, right? A championship Chemistry team takes time, and you have three big egos, and not just big egos, three big ball demanders. KD, right? Arguably the best scorer, pure scorer in this league. And if it's not him, it's probably James Harden. But with that comes, you know, you demanding the ball. And you can't forget about Kyrie Irving, who is, again, a big ego with you know that tendency to demand the ball on often occasions. So you know you take that into account along with the Lakers are still your reigning and defending champions and even if the Nets do happen to make it out of the East, you're still have you're still gonna have to face Braun and A D out out in LA. So I I I don't see it happening this year to this year. But I do, I do see them pulling it together and potentially you know, bringing a championship to Brooklyn maybe within the next two to three years. But if we're talking
0: 2021, I just don't see it happening. I agree. I don't see it happening this year. Um, especially, I mean, you said it yourself, you have three ball-demanding guys who could potentially get in a fight about who's going to take that last shot. And in that trade, the Nets traded Jared Allen, who was... Definitely their star of the future big man. And now they're turning to DeAndre Jordan to guard someone like Joel Embiid, for example. So who knows if they even come out of the East? I think that's something that is going to be a very interesting question as we get deeper into the season. But, Jason, a follow-up question. We both agreed you have three ball-demanding guys who have big egos on this team now. And we've seen what has been happening with Kyrie Irving as of late. Do you see him on the Brooklyn Nets after the trade deadline? You know, I
1: could see it happening, but at the same time, I could also very well not see him being a Brooklyn Net post-trade deadline. You know, the it, it boils down to this. If the Nets really want to win an NBA title, Kyrie has to commit right now as a teammate, right? He cannot... Put, he can't pull this excuse the language, he can't pull this shit of sitting out because you don't feel like playing. That is not how you are going to win it a championship. Okay? KD knows that You know, he will likely get another shot at LeBron in the NBA finals if they do so make it out of the East. And you know he's got his eyes set on that, having to sit out this whole past year due to injury and watch LeBron raise a fourth NBA title to his name. You know, as we as we've been saying, Kyrie demands the ball, as he should. He is an elite talent in this league. But as does KD and especially James Hart. I don't know I don't know if they're gonna make this work. And you know, just based on Kyrie's attitude that he's been putting forth towards, um, I I don't know. I, I I think there's a strong possibility that they let him go or potentially shop
0: for trade offers. I definitely think they'll shop, and I think they're going to get something done. The hard thing is going to be trying to match that contract. That's the biggest thing that the Nets have to think about. But I think out of those three, Kyrie is the biggest cancer. I mean, he he's shown it since the Cavs won that NBA Finals, and it didn't work out in Boston. And even now when he has a superstar teammate, and now two, I don't know if he'll be able to do it. So. It's going to be a very interesting second half of the season, especially in the East. But let's move on to the NFL. Super quick. uh, today, Earlier today, college football coaching legend Urban Meyer agreed to become the Jacksonville Jaguars' new head coach. He's coming out of retirement after wonderful stints with the Florida Gators and Ohio State Buckeyes, and he's going to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love this hire from Jacksonville. Um, Urban Meyer... Whether you like him or not, he has proven himself to be a fantastic coach and fantastic leader. Guys want to follow his lead. And an interesting piece to bring up is the fact that Trevor Lawrence is most likely going to be his quarterback, that he can sort of mold and nurture throughout that that first couple of years. And we've seen what Trevor Lawrence can do in, in the college football world, I mean, Christ, the guy has only had 2 losses ever. And both coming in the college football playoff. Has never lost a regular season game. And you know, he's gotten all these comparisons to Peyton Manning and and you know, you look at his size and his arm strength and He's he's got a lot of potential and you combine that with a guy like Urban Meyer who is a championship caliber coach at least in college standards, you know? It's definitely enticing and I'm excited to see what the future holds for Jacksonville.
0: We've seen college coaches in the past try and move up to the NFL, and for majority of them, it doesn't work out too well. So I'm very excited to see how Urban Meyer does down in Duval County. But let's move on to the playoffs this weekend. First game on your slate Saturday. We've got the Rams heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Jace, I've got the Packers. Pretty easy. I think this is no, uh, no question here. You're, you're my, it's,
1: it's January, Spike. And guess what? The Packers have home field. You're marching into the frozen tundra. And you know what? The Rams, now being in L.A., Jared Goff, the always born and raised California boy, I think they got no shot. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are as lethal as they've ever been and this Green Bay office Green Bay offense excuse me is as prolific as we've we've seen. So I think I think pack pack roll,
0: no problem, go pack go. Moving on to the Saturday night game. We've got the Baltimore Ravens heading to Buffalo to take on Bills Mafia. Chase, I'm a huge fan of the Bills all season. I'm sticking with them. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs have had an incredible connection all season. They're going to keep that going. I got the Bills in this one.
1: Yeah, you know, and I don't blame you. I I love watching Josh Allen play. I think he's electrifying and now you accompany him with Stefan Diggs who has led the league in basically every single receiving statistical category this season. But I'm going to I'm going to oppose you here. I'm going to go the Baltimore Ravens. Um look, Lamar Jackson he is still your reigning MVP, right? And he's still Got something to prove from last season. You know, that that loss he took to, to Tennessee last year kind of left a sour taste in his mouth. And you can see that his attitude is, fellas, hop on my back and I'm running wild to get us to the promised land. And that's dangerous. That is dangerous with arguably the most athletic talent we've seen at the quarterback position ever in the National, in the national Football League. Um, they have already, you know, they have already uh, kind of settled those demons of last year and took down the Titans last week. With a tough, tough defense, with you know, Mike Vrabel leading that, that squad, and they'll have a very tough test next week or this week's coming up, excuse me, with the Bills. And it's interesting because we've talked about this all year, and especially coming into the postseason, we think the Bills are the only ones that can match up with, with the Chiefs, right? Yep, yep. but I, I, I think this is the week that they go down. I think, uh, I think. You know, Mr.
0: MVP gets it done and uh, Ravens roll it'll be interesting Lamar Jackson is still looking for his first win in the snow and obviously Buffalo with their first playoff win in almost two decades last weekend against the Colts so we'll see how Bill's Mafia handles that one but as we move on to Sunday we've got the Cleveland Browns who absolutely demolished the Steelers specifically just in the first quarter but they're going on to Kansas City to take on Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes and the reigning Super Bowl champs the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs I think it's going to be a good game, but it'll be an easy game for Patty Mahomes.
1: Yeah, you know, I I agree with you. I'm going to go KC as well on this one. Look, it impressive outing and performance from the Cleveland Browns last week. Can't take any credit away from them. Superb job. Baker Mayfield came out as confident and poised as ever, slinging the rock, but I've always thought the Steelers were a bit a bit weak all year. Yeah. Um, you know, not not necessarily on the defensive side of the ball, but on the offensive side. And they showed and they showed that on on uh on last week. So, I don't know. I I think Chiefs no problem here. Patty Mahomes and that offense gets cooking again and
0: you know, they they got their sights set on back-to-back Super Bowls. And to finish off the weekend slate, we've got the Bucks at the Saints. We've got Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. It's always been a phenomenal matchup seeing these two and being able to see them play for the third time this season is going to be special. But you know, it's playoff time, and that's that means Tom Brady is back to his robot self. I'm going Brady and the Bucs, defeating the Saints. Yeah, um, and you know, it's something you should
1: never do is bet against the GOAT, especially in the playoffs, but uh, I'm actually going to go Saints here on this one, in the Dome. Uh, last week was... A, it, it wasn't pretty. The, the Saints did not pull off a pretty victory last week, but... You know, I'm I'm confident in in Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Uh, as much as we you know credit Tom Brady and his greatness in the playoffs, Drew Brees has also proven himself to be a playoff great in his you know illustrious career. So, I. Uh, I think they get that offense going. I think Kamara gets rolling again, and uh,
0: I think they get it done in the Dome. We've got a great weekend slate of NFL playoffs, and we're going to talk to you guys on Monday about those playoff games. But for now... Season 4, episode 4 of Do You Agree? The Sports Talk Show is going to wrap up. As always, I'm your host, Colin Spiker, alongside Jason Hoffman. Jace, I think I'm going to say it again, but we are happy to be back. Be safe. Hope you guys are having a great start to 2021. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Absolutely. Stay safe. Stay positive. Test negative.